The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Psych Up Live with your host, Dr. Suzanne Phillips. This is the show that brings you a psychological perspective on common and current life issues. Here is Dr. Suzanne Phillips. Hi, I'm Suzanne Phillips. Thanks for joining me again on Psych Up Live. You know, there's a tendency to think that people who are single have ended up single because of the death of a spouse, because of defeat, because of default. Today, you're going to hear something very different. Today, we are joined by Dr. Bella DiPaolo. She's the author of the newly released, very important book, Single at Heart, The Power, Freedom, and Heart-Filling Joy of Single Life. Whether you are loving your single life or can't imagine choosing to live alone, you will be moved, surprised, and informed by what you hear. Drawing upon social science studies of thousands of people and the responses of people who have written to her, Dr. DePaolo is going to share the experiences, lifestyle, bias, misunderstandings, as well as the powerful and positive choices of those who identify as single at heart. Dr. DePaolo is America's foremost thinker and writer on the single experience. She coined the term single at heart. She gave a TEDx talk on what no one ever told you about people who are single in 2017, which has had 1.7 million views. She's the author of earlier books, Singled Out, The Psychology of Dexter, and How We Live in Different Arrangements. Dr. DePaolo has been interviewed on the Today Show, CNN, Anderson Cooper 360, Hardball with Chris Matthews, and many, many more. She has a BA from Vassar and a PhD from Harvard. She's currently an academic affiliate in sunny California at the University of California, Santa Barbara. Dr. Bella DePaolo, it is my privilege to welcome you back to Psych Up Live. Thank you so much for inviting me. I love talking about this, and I really enjoyed our earlier conversations. Okay. So let's start with the title. Bella, what does single at heart mean? People who are single at heart love being single. They want to, they choose to be single and they want to stay single. They are happy and flourishing because they are single, not in spite of it. Single life is their most meaningful, fulfilling, psychologically rich and authentic life. Mm. Now, When you decided that you were going to do this project, write this book, Mm -hmm. gather gather a research, COVID struck. And as you Mm -hmm. write, as you describe in the book, with bated breath, you thought, oh, my God, uh, how are singles at heart going to do? What's going to happen? So tell us what happened. Right. So. I have been studying people who are single at heart for, for years and years and years, and I had always felt so confident about these people that they love their single lives. They're not going to give them up. And then COVID hit and we're stuck at home and it's not a choice anymore. And I thought, 
oh no, what if this proves the undoing of the single at heart? Maybe they're just going to you know, want to leap into the arms of any romantic partner just to, uh, just to escape the isolation. But that's not what happened. When mm. I started contacting them one after another after another, they did have some challenges, often financial ones. Um, some of them really wished they could see their, their friends in person. But not a single, single person wanted to exchange their life for coupled life. And in fact, some of them felt even more confident that single life was the life for them. And there's many reasons for that. For one, people who are single at heart love their solitude. It doesn't scare them to be on their own. It doesn't um, it doesn't bore them to have time to themselves. And they had already cultivated the kinds of interests and pursuits that could easily right. be done solo, like you know, walking or reading or exercising or meditating or gardening. And you could do all those things during a pandemic. So it was fine. And they're used to staying in touch with friends yes. virtually. Yes. So... It, I was it, so relieved. Yes, you really got, well, that's quite validating. Because on the other side, people not only were with their mate, they were with their children, their in-laws. So yeah. we had the difficulty of people finding room to work, finding room to hook up computers, trying to take yeah. care of kids and teach online. So I can imagine it was quite a different scene. Now, yeah, it was interesting when I saw stories in the media about coupled people or people in families who would who would sit out in their car by themselves yes. just to have some time to themselves. Exactly right. That's exactly what happened. Now, the, you so you found that not only when people were all shut in, they fared well. They already had pursuits. They already had friends. They had contacts, and they actually welcomed solitude. They weren't yes. they weren't anxious yes. because of it. They did, you know they right. didn't resist it. So, mm -hmm. one of the things though, when you do as as in terms of the statement I made when we started the show, I wonder though about the pressure that people single at heart get because this is a culture that insists that everyone wants to meet the golden bachelor i mean right. it's it's a culture that assumes that the committed romantic relationship puts you in the club of the adults the people who've made yes. it the mm -hmm. group and yes. you're the, you're like everybody else on the block um mm -hmm. if you're married so, right. and what's wrong with that person? Is she introverted? Is she quiet? I know what's the story. So, how yeah. do those who are single at heart, how did they deal with that pressure and feel yeah. good about going forward single? And the pressure you describe is so important. It's like a fundamental worldview that if you want to be truly happy and truly fulfilled, you have to get married or at least be, you know, in a committed romantic couple. And because that worldview is so rarely challenged, people who love their single life doubt themselves. I include this um, story from the great advice columnist, Carolyn Hacks, where a woman who was divorced wrote to her and she said, 
you know, I'm happy being single. I like to stay home and read books and I have friends and I have a great relationship with my kids. And, and she said, I go out on a date sometimes, but I just, you know, I just feel like, And she said, but my kids are telling me I should get out there. I should find someone. Do you think I should do that? Well, what I think is just astonishing about that story is she has what we all aspire to, a life that she loves, that she feels comfortable with. And yet she she is insecure about that because of her kids pressuring her. And she also said, you know, she reads all these things online and they say, oh, you know, how to be happily single while looking for right. a partner. She said, I'm already happily single. Yes, yes. And, I mean, can you imagine, this is something I do throughout my Single at Heart book, which I think is a lot of fun and I hope really revealing, is flip the script. So imagine if someone wrote to Carolyn Hacks or any other advice columnist and said, I'm happily married. I've been married for a long time. Um, I have a good relationship with my kids. But, you know, I'm wondering, should I, should I really become single? Because um, then I would know how to do things on my own. And I would, and, and you could, you know, flip the whole thing. Right. And, it's preposterous. No one would do that. So why are they doing it to single people, especially single people who love their single lives? Congratulate them and move on. Well, we have such a tendency for people to project their own self onto other people. Yes. And there are married yes. people, a couple of people who would, <laughs> they are in crisis they are mm-hmm. in crisis if there's a divorce, and they're in crisis, mm-hmm. of course, if there's a loss. And mm-hmm. Bella, they cannot for a while imagine how they will function. Fast mm-hmm. forward two years, you often find them flourishing. They're coping. Yes. They've done. They've been mourning. Yeah. On the other hand, they've taken on aspects of the, or added aspects to their life that in a million years no one would believe. So yes. I think it's the projection by those who, and we've all been sort of taught, you know, Cinderella meets the prince, and then she lives happily after. Right. Right? So I think it's a projection of terror on the part of other people, which is why the book is so important and the pushback is important. Let's talk about that Valentine's Day quiz that you sent out. (laughs) um, By Bella sent out a quiz in 2012, and by... 2019, 19,000 people had taken it in more than 100 countries. And you found, you correct me on this, 29% scored as single at heart. Correct. And I just want people to hear the question. So the type of questions were, when you think about spending time on your own, what thought comes to mind? A, sweet solitude. B, oh no, I might be lonely. (laughs) Next question, if you were in a romantic relationship and it ended, how did or how would you feel? A, sad and in pain. B, some pain, but actually relief. The thought of being on my own as a complete person filled me with joy. Third, think about the possibility that when you go to sleep at night, there may not be anyone in the bed with you. How does that make you feel? A, I don't like it. B, I'd be fine with it. 
So it's so interesting. 29% of these people are fine with it. Yeah. And and that's the group you're giving voice to in this book. Correct. Yes. yes. It's wonderful. Now, here's what's interesting. There's both men and women who choose to be single. In fact, I have a Thanksgiving story. So two women are talking and one of them says, so my brother came for Thanksgiving. Oh, he came with his family? No, no, he came on his own. Oh, he's he's divorced? No. Um, is he gay? No. He's a single engineer. That's what he is. So the bias wow. and the yes. assumption that a man yes. would choose to live his own single life, because I think men are facing at times the same expectations. Yes. The question is, who do you think fares better, the single men or the single women? Okay, so let's talk about single people in general, Okay. not just the single at heart. So in general, the people who do better at single life are the women. You know, they're better at cultivating friendships on average, and they actually like their time alone, and, and there are these great statistics that when somebody initiates a divorce, it's way more likely to be the woman. And the women are also less likely to remarry mm -hmm. once they do get divorced or widow. Part of that is the numbers, but it's not just that. Um, so, and then when you look at um, what's published about single people, you know, essays and books and magazine articles and they're written overwhelmingly by and about single women. And even the scholarly literature, the studies are, and the theorizing is mostly about single women because they're supposedly the ones who are desperate to be married or coupled and they could never be happy with that. That's not true. So I thought more women than men would be single at heart. But that's not true. More men were single at heart, which should not have surprised me, but it did. And mm -hmm. it should not have because to be single at heart is to be a very special kind of single person, someone who loves your freedom, is not afraid of solitude, wants to create a life that suits you and is best attuned to your interest and passions. It's a life that lets you um, tend to many different people instead of just one. I like to say that single people have the ones instead of the one. Well, when mm -hmm. you think of all those different kinds of, of characteristics of people who are single at heart, why wouldn't men be drawn to that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think you even mentioned in the book, even historically, you know, we tend to think, oh, everyone thinks bachelors are cool. But actually, yeah. even historically, there was um, a kind of a question about a man who mm -hmm. didn't couple up, oh, didn't marry. Yes, yes. So, right. So they, they face similar kind of um, stigma and assumptions. Yeah, yeah you know, they're, they are... They're a little bit different emphasis for men versus women, but all of them, men, women, and people who don't identify as either, are subject to the same cultural worldview that says that married people are just better. Couple people are better. You know, they're happier, they're healthier, they're going to live longer, they're gonna, all of which is, you know, not true. But, um, but it's powerful. And because 
those assumptions are so powerful because they are so rarely challenged. It turns out that people who love their single lives are insecure about it. They think, oh, you know, there must be something wrong with me that I like being single. So they try getting in romantic relationships and the relationships don't work. Sometimes they don't work even when they really do care for their partner and their partner cares for them. And and so they keep trying and trying because they've never heard that loving single life, staying single is a thing. So that's one of the main reasons I wrote Single at Heart, to put it out there that people can be single and flourishing. And in fact, they can be living their best lives because they are single. And the risk to them is not what they're missing out by not putting a romantic partner at the center of their lives, the risk is what would they miss if they did? And they would miss the power and the freedom and the heart-filling joy of single life. They would miss getting to be who they really are. I think you had a story of a woman who was dating a man and she lets him know she wants to work abroad. Uh, that's that's her dream. And right. uh, she goes, and he goes, oh, there's no problem with that. I'll go with you. We'll have kids. We'll bring kids. And then it hits a, I don't really want to be abroad with you and kids. I want to yes. be there by myself. But yes. she could dare to consider that. See, it takes mm -hmm. daring to consider that. Yes, uh, that, it does. That, that someone would do it. I think someone yeah. else, one of the other young people finally said, something must be wrong with me. I'm going to go to a therapist just in case I'm missing something. And yeah. the therapist said, well, if you did want to couple up or meet someone, what's the type of guy you'd like? Well-rounded? You want an intellectual? And she said, no, I really want someone who would really not come home very much. And then the message is clear. She loved yeah. being a single. Yes. So, you know, but it's interesting because you said they people worry about it. I do think when anyone does something that's not the culturally normed seed mm -hmm. on TV endlessly mm -hmm. in the sitcoms, they assume mm -hmm. it must be them. Yes, yes. And that's, again, why I wanted to put this book out there and have all sorts of stories from all sorts of people all around the world mm -hmm. telling about how much they love their single lives. And the studies, the, the systematic social science studies that show the advantages and the strengths of people who love their single lives and invest in being single, because you know, people don't think it's a possibility. Well, it is. It's a thing. It's, <laughs> it's a, a thing, thing that's much more um, widespread than you might ever imagine. And I yeah. think one of the reasons we don't realize that that so many people feel this way is that people are reluctant to say so. So there was a story from someone who loved her single life, and she was talking to one of her colleagues, and her colleague said, oh, don't, don't you want to be married? And she said, no, I don't believe in the institution of marriage. And then her colleague said, but you do want to be in a romantic relationship, right? 
And she said she just couldn't muster the courage to tell her, no, I want to live single. Because it was just like a bridge too far. She, mm. she didn't know how this colleague would respond mm. to that. And I want to make it clear that she should be proud to say it. And the other person should congratulate her. Mm. Yeah, or embrace it as her choice. Yes. When did you realize that you embraced single at heart, Bella? You know, there was never an aha moment. It was more gradual. You know, I always liked being single. I didn't like the way single people are treated, but setting that aside, um, I always loved my single life. I never wanted to be married. But for the longest time, I thought I was just slow in getting there, <laughs> that eventually I would. I actually thought about it like a like getting like wanting to be married was like getting bitten by a bug. And I just had never been bitten yet. <laughs> so I kept waiting and waiting to get bitten. And after a while, I realized I was probably in my 30s. I thought, you know what, self, you are never going to want to be married. Single is who you are. You love this. That's not going to change. And once I realized that, it was just such, it just was so wonderful because then I could totally invest, you know. I wasn't like holding back and thinking, well, maybe I'll want something different someday. No, I'm not going to want something different someday. <laughs> and, and I think that was when I decided not just to live single, but to study single life. Okay. Now, did you have any family pushback? You know, I did not. I was very fortunate um, to have to have parents who were not um, who never pressured me. So, my after my dad died, uh, my mother was on her own, and we did a lot of things together. We traveled together sometimes, and she never pressured me, not even subtly well. about. So I thought that meant that she realized that this was a good life for me. She had met lots of my friends. She knew I liked my work. She had I had a house at the time. I can't afford one out here in California, but that's a different story. Um, and and I went went along feeling so proud that she understood this and so happy until. The last conversation I had alone with her as she lay dying. And that was the first time she brought up my single status. And she said, I worry about you. I was so stunned, so sad. I never realized she was worried about me. And I don't remember what I said. But when I think back to that now, I think, wow, I wish I had written Single at Heart by then. And she could have understood that this was my best life. Yes. And then if I got, you know, if I tried to fit myself into the conventional coupled box, I would feel stifled. What a special mother, though, that she yes. put her worry aside to celebrate mm -hmm. and be with you all those years. Yes, yes. Know, and that's not always true. Yeah, 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 I really was fortunate. 
And we've got to remember the cultural push on that generation. Oh, oh we had, yeah. We, we had Therese Schechter on her, the show uh-huh. talking about her documentary, My Selfish Life, because she didn't want to have a child. Right. And right. her mother said, "How that that's impossible. That's too selfish." Mm-hmm. You have so mm-hmm. the you know the the, the the years and the cultural messages mm-hmm. they're taken in. But your mother was amazing in that she, she never was. pressured you along the way. Really, she was, was. wonderful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the things that um, we want to talk about is. The, the sexuality of the people who answered the questionnaires. Mm-hmm. How, how did you find that? How did that fall out? Yeah. So um, people who are single at heart are less likely to be heterosexual than people who aren't. So they, so about 72% of the people who took the single at heart quiz, of those who scored as single at heart, 72% identified as heterosexual. That's, you know, that's a pretty high number, but it's a lower number than people who don't identify as single at heart. And so people who are not heterosexual might be gay or lesbians or trans or uh, bisexual or, or perhaps one of the most interesting, asexual. So people who are asexual don't have, uh, aren't sexually attracted to particular other people. Um, there was a tweet online, I still call it tweet rather than, uh, by someone trying to explain it. And she said, um, imagine someone that you're not sexually attracted to. Now imagine that's how you feel about everyone. Oh, that's end. very good. That's yeah, a very yeah. good way to say it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little bit simplistic because it, it can be more of a spectrum asexuality, but it kind of it, it captures the idea of it. So in the single at heart quiz, the people who identified as single at heart, 12% of them identified as asexual compared to only 3% of those who were not single at heart. So it's a big difference, but yeah. it's not like everybody who is single at heart is asexual. Twelve percent are. So you it, you ask the question in, in your book: Is being single at heart hardwired? Are you wired? Yeah. Or what do you, What do you think? You know, I don't have great data on that, so I don't know for sure. But my feeling is. It's much more than just a lifestyle. It's not just something casual, like, oh, I think I'll be single for a while. That'll be fun. It's much more powerful than that. Um, People who are single at heart are powerfully drawn to single life. It feels authentic to them. It feels like who they really are. I don't know if that really counts as hardwired, but it's more than just some casual flirtation with a particular way of life. Okay. Okay. Um, So one of the things you say is that it exists on a spectrum. Right. So what that means is that some people who are single at heart are even more single at heart than others. So for example, everyone who is single at heart loves their freedom. Everyone cherishes their solitude. But beyond that, there are differences. So on average, people who are single at heart, if they can't have a job that both pays well and is meaningful, they'll choose the meaningful. 
job, but that's not true of everyone. Or, um, you know, so for each of those kinds of characteristics of the single at heart, um, some people choose more of them or identify with more of them than others. So that's the spectrum. There are some people who are single at heart in every single way that I measured and other people who are single at heart in most ways, but not. And then, of course, on the whole other end of the spectrum are people who are not single at heart at all. People who are kind of a little bit, but not much. Okay, we're going to take a break. You've been listening to Psych Up Live. We're so fortunate with here. We're here with Dr. Bella DePaolo. She's America's foremost thinker and writer on the single experience. We're discussing her new book released this week from Amazon, Single at Heart, The Power, Freedom, and Heart-Filling Joy of Single Life. Stay with us. Much more to come. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now, back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live. We're speaking with Dr. Bella DePaolo. She's America's foremost thinker and writer on the single experience. And we are drawing from her very new and important book, Single at Heart, The Power of Freedom and Heart-Filling Joy of Single Life. So, You know, we've been talking about the joy, the joy that many singles have, particularly when they embrace 
the life they want. But we are also mentioning it is not always easy in this culture when the world feels they really should tell you what to do and you really need to get a life, etc. And one of the things um, is the question of loneliness. And that is, we should put the question out there, that is, who's more lonely? People in relationships or the singles. You mentioned that if I'm in a relationship, I have a special one. But, right. but with singles, it's different. Go ahead. What do you say yes. about that? So first, let me talk about single people in general, not just the single at heart. Yes. Single people are actually more connected with more different people than people who are coupled. And there's research showing this. So what often happens, and not, not every couple does this, but on average, when coupled people move in together or when they get married, they become more insular. They demote their friends. You know, maybe they used to see them for dinner. Now, right. now it's lunch, or maybe they don't see them at all, and they call their parents less often. Um, and they do that even if they don't have kids. So it's a more insular life. At the same time, people who stay single are staying in touch with the people in their lives. They're not centering their life around one person. So I like to say they have the ones rather than the one. And one of the themes in the, in my book is that being single at heart isn't limiting. It doesn't limit your life. It throws it wide open. It means that you're open to more different kinds of people. It means that you think about love in a more open-hearted, broad way. You think about relationships in a bigger, broader, more open-hearted way. So it's it's... Um, a door that opens to a big, beautiful life. Mm. Now, one of the things that we both have observed, and I'm sure our listeners have, is that sometimes if the person is single, but they don't have your confidence, Bella. And so they'll mm. report to me as a therapist, or you'll hear mm. them talk about it if they're a family member, that what do they have to offer when, let's say, a group of couples are talking about um, their kids or grandmothers are going on and on right. about, and I'm a grandmother yeah. and I do this, but they feel like <laughs> I have no cards in the game. And oh. I think I, I love the way you address it in your book. Yeah. Because you're so sort of, go ahead. Single people should talk about their lives, their interests, their passions, what they're doing, what they enjoy. Um, they should talk about their friends. Uh, and, you know, I think it can be a really nice change from, you know, the kids and the grandkids. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. You know, I like kids, but <laughs> but enough. That life is bigger than that. You know, you can talk about all the things that you're doing, what your friends have how they've been there for you, how you celebrate your milestones and your achievements and how they're there for you when things are not so great and um, what you do with your freedom. You know, I I was with someone and we were in a, we were with a group and a person who's single started talking about her idea because she's someone who's excellent in crafts of having a YouTube in which she was going to show holiday decorations and Everybody was involved with this. This was yeah. not a conversation about what to get the grandkids. Yeah. This was something that she was great at that the rest of us were yeah. like, oh, my goodness. So yeah. that that is 
you know, I think that's one of the reasons we're doing the show is to encourage people to embrace themselves and what they have a passion about. There's a very mm-hmm. good chance someone's going to want to hear about it. Yes, that's that's a great point. Thank you. Now, let's talk um, a little bit about um, what to do when you constantly hear from your family. And we mentioned it before with mom, mm-hmm. with your mom. Mm-hmm. That they're not, not silent like your mom. They right. the family is constantly hounding the person. Yeah. Let's say it's the brother from Colorado. Right. No, I'm worried that when you get older you'll yeah. be alone. Da, 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 da. Right. Um until the person starts to feel there's something wrong with them, which is never a good place to be in because you're gonna bring that right. with you into right. any relationship. So how uh-huh. would you approach someone who says, My family simply won't stop? <laughs> tell them to give them a copy of Single at Heart. <laughs> but, um, you know, more, well, that is serious, but even another possibility, um, tell them that you you are, that single life can be a fulfilling life. And even if you do eventually want to be coupled, that there's so much that can happen when you're single, there's so much that can be meaningful and fulfilling, and that you hope that what they want for you is the life that is that suits you best, that makes you happy and feel like you're leading a meaningful and fulfilling life. Uh, I I think that it's having it's it's supporting and giving having people give voice to that. I yes. think I actually think when you give voice to, do you know how much I love my life? Do you know why I'm in mm-hmm. Colorado? I love skiing. Mm-hmm. I love my free. I think that if we encourage singles to give voice to mm-hmm. what the rest of the family may not know about how much yes. they love to travel on their own. Yes. I have a brother-in-law. We never know where he is. In fact, <laughs> when before my mother-in-law died, she said, just make you sure you know what part of the world he's in. And oh, he is a wonderful person who mm-hmm. recently took had it took a trip to see the eclipse. We never know. Wow. Uh, but, but I mean, I always do worry too. I, I saw there yeah. were fi- the fires in Banff. I thought, uh oh, where is he? Yeah. You know, he's yeah. he's in his he's almost eighty. I go, where wow. are you? I'm in Banff. Hello. So oh, you know, wow. but. But yeah. the goal and his and the freedom he has used in his life to see things that intellectually just feed him is mm-hmm. one of the benefits that he has that everyone else who has more complicated kids, grandchildren, etc. We can't jump in a car to go to Banff or to go see the eclipse. Right. So two things. First of all, I love your suggestion of saying to these doubters, your parents or anyone else, do you see, do you understand how much I love what I'm doing and where I am? So that's really great. And secondly, about the experiences you just described, people who are single at heart often have psychologically rich lives. And what that means is that they have a diversity of different and um, perspective changing experiences. And it can come from doing things like the person you described did, which is traveling, going different places, having different experiences. So it can be a lot of happy things. But psych- excuse me, psychological richness can also come 
from devastating experiences. So, for example, if you were happily married and your spouse dies, that can be such a a devastating experience. But eventually, it could also be a psychologically enriching experience in the sense that you've learned something new about yourself, you see the world differently, you come to a kind of understanding that you didn't have while you were married. And that's psychological richness, too. It's yes. wisdom. Uh, it's it's interesting you say that because having dealt with, uh, I deal with a lot of trauma in, in my work, and I say to some people, sometimes this is the story of, oh, my God, to thank God. And that mm-hmm. is there. There's, there's things that happen that you never would have expected. The other thing that um, this very brother-in-law uses is that people say, one woman was headed after uh, a divorce. She was headed out west. And she thought, how, how dare I go travel out west alone? So mm-hmm. I actually passed on his words of wisdom to her. I said, well, one of the things my single brother-in-law says It'll either be a great trip or you'll have a great story. So perfect. I love it. And she she came back. She had stories and the trip, but it means go for it. You know, go see what it is. But we do we do need people. What you say is very interesting too about loss. We have to account for loss takes its toll for a while. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. you start to see people coming Mm -hmm. together after Mm -hmm. 9-11 young widows, Mm -hmm. they literally Mm -hmm. traveled as a caravan. That was the way they did it. And they literally raised their children almost like a tribe. And then they went on and did great things. But, you know, there's, if we don't think of being single as a devastating experience, Mm -hmm. then there's aspects of it that people can embrace that they hadn't even thought about. Right, the opportunities. Think of all the things you want to do that you're holding off on or things that you love to do that maybe if you had a spouse or you had a spouse, they they weren't interested. And so you felt, I don't know. Or, um, you know, being single gives you the freedom to be there for and be connected to a whole variety of people, the ones rather than the one, without worrying that, you know, your romantic partner wants more of that time or attention to themselves. Mm-hmm. So it, it really can be such a freeing and psychologically rich experience. What I what one of my main goals in the book is to get past this idea that single life is a lesser life. You know, I would never say something like, it's okay to be single, or it's better to be single than to be in a bad romantic relationship. That's far too grudging. I want to talk about how it can be wonderful to be single, and it could be the best possible life for some people. And if they didn't live according to who they really were, that's when they'd really miss out. Yes, yes. But so here's here's the other argument, though, from the couple side. People will say, well, I'm really worried that you're single, Bella. And what if you end up with a health crisis? You see, if you had a husband... Um. 
He right. will be there for you. And I'm worried that no one's going to be there for you. So let's talk about aging and yes. the worries people have with yes. being single. Yes. You know, when people say that, they kind of think, they seem to have in mind like this magical, mythical, romantic partner who is always going to be there if you fall and can't get up. You know, they're never going to be off getting groceries or <laughs> right. getting some exercise or at work or traveling. It's like they're they're Velcroed to you. So you're not even going to fall in the first place because they're always, always, always there. Well, it's not true. And especially as you get older, your partner might be um, sick themselves and not able to help you or you might end up doing all this care work so so that's one part of it another is that if you are single at heart and you've been tending to the other people in your life you might have more people available to help you than if you did what some couples, not all couples, what some couples do, which is to become very insular, focus mostly on your partner. It's like they take those song lyrics seriously. You know, I want to be your everything. You are my everything. And while things are going well, yeah, that could be fine. It could be great. But then if your everything is sick or mad at you or dies, you don't have anyone. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think people don't realize the risk of taking those romantic notions seriously. Well, and yeah. oh, I love this. Let me just add this. You know that that ad a long time ago that was so popular, and all these memes were made about it. About I'm I've fallen and I can't get up. She was Mrs. Fletcher. Well, where the heck was Mr. Fletcher? Right, right. Well, um, I think, you know, this speaks to another whole issue with regard to even couples. And that is, I think somewhere in your book, you say, sometimes people are married, but they're single at heart. And you find they live in different parts of the country. It's perfectly fine for them. But sometimes, maybe the other message we send today is, not only to celebrate the single at heart, but to celebrate the single at heart tendencies that your partner may have, your married partner or or your your partner in life. Because it's what you said before, how sad if someone loves walking in the woods alone or loves um, doing something that's sort of singular and they don't feel it's possible in their marriage. I mean, that's a dimension that we want to maybe suggest is important too. Yes, for sure. So the reason I call this single at heart and not just single or happily single is that some people who are single at heart are actually married or in a committed couple. Now, I expected to find one version of this, and I did find it, which is people who got married realized this is not who I am. But they don't want to get divorced because they want to honor the commitment they made. Maybe they still really do love the person that they married, but they just it's not who they are. So that's one version. But then another 
version came into my um, research, people who are in committed relationships and want to be, but they still insist that they too are single at heart. And what I find about these people, and they had to convince me that I should include them. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but that they they have unconventional relationships. So some of them do what you just described, which is sometimes called living apart together, LIT, where they each have their own homes or maybe a different version of that. They have a share home, but they have different, they live on different floors or different parts of the house. And and in other ways too, they give themselves more freedom, more independence than many traditional couples do. So, for example, they might be totally fine with their partner having time to themselves, spending time with their friends. They don't see that as an affront to their relationship. Mm -hmm. They don't feel like they have to have the talk if their partner wants to spend time with their friends and not with them. So it's um, they're, they're partnered, maybe even married, maybe even have kids, but it's not the standard version of that. Yeah, but it really honors the different people's personality. You know, yes. I, in doing couple yeah. work, I say you never daydream about someone who's in your pocket. You know, if somebody's <laughs> with you all the time. But yeah. I, I really, I really, it's so interesting. They wanted, they wanted to be represented in your book because they yes. felt a kinship with the singles yes. at heart. Yes, and I love that. Yeah. And that was that was another really gratifying thing about reactions to the book. People start to say, I'm single at heart, and they want to claim that yeah. identity. And yes. that, to me, is just so wonderful. It's so different from single people typically put, being put on the defensive and, ha and being made to feel like there's something wrong, and they have to explain it and justify it. No, claim it and celebrate it. Well, it, you turned it into a choice rather than a default position. Exactly. And that's, yes. the, that's the real gift of your book and the whole um, message that's being sent. And when you think about the number of people, how many people have contacted you, would you say, worldwide to, to respond to um, your message? Well, more than now, more than 20,000 people took the single at heart quiz that's online. But personally, um, on by email, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands. In fact, um, when the Huffington Post earlier this month published an essay I wrote, it was called something like, I'm single, I'm 70 and have lived alone my whole life. Here's what people get wrong about single people. I got over a hundred emails from people on the first day. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, yeah. and what, were, what were they saying? What were they typically saying? They were, all except one said, thank you. I feel so validated. And they told me their stories of being single and loving their single life and what they get out of it. And, and that it's such a relief to have someone talk about the joys of single life and what it offers you and how you can flourish instead of just characterizing single people as a pile of deficiencies. Yeah, yeah, they were probably thrilled when they saw it. And I think people yeah. will be thrilled 
I think everybody should read the book because what we've been even talking today is the celebration of family members. Um, maybe someday your child who is single mm-hmm. at heart and you want to yes. be able to embrace and celebrate people's personal life choices. Right. Oh, that's another kind of response I get, which I treasure. I get responses from parents who say, you know, my son or my daughter is four years old. They're still single. I've been worried about them. But reading your book or your essay, I'm thinking they seem to like their single life. <laughs> You're right. You know, yeah. Maybe I should get off their back. And they thank me for recognizing that their son or daughter might be living their best life and they should just back off. That is great. That is a great message yes. to parents who are always worrying. So uh, as we start to close today, Bella, what would be the take-home message that you would send to our listeners Right. Well, if you're if you're single and love it, embrace your single life fully, joyfully, and unapologetically. And if you're not single at heart, be an ally to us and understand that for people who love being single, it's not a tragedy. It's a triumph. Oh, I love it. Um, now, how can people find your TED Talk and find all of your books? Okay, so my TED Talk is online on YouTube. My books, uh, especially Single at Heart, you should be able to find that almost anywhere. Try Barnes & Noble, try Indigo, uh, your local bookstores, support your local bookstores. Um, Libraries, if any of those places don't have it, ask them to get it. It should be available just about everywhere. And I hope you love it as much as I loved writing it. Bella, I want to thank you for joining us today. Your work in clarifying and celebrating single life as a heartfelt choice that feels right and gives people the option of the best life is a gift to all our listeners and to everyone who hears you and reads your book. Thank you so much for returning to Psych Up Live. And thank you for having me. I want to thank my listeners. Remember, you can hear this in any prior show as a podcast on my host site, my website, on any of the platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple, Amazon. Remember to drop me a comment or a question at radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Until next week, please be safe. Thanks and be listening. Thank you for tuning in to Psych Up Live. Please join Dr. Suzanne Phillips for another edition of our programming next Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, be well and be listening.